Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. What I wanted to do this Sunday is address the elephant in the room. The thing that's been on everybody's mind for about a week now, the election. Now, 50% of the country is happy with the results of the election. The other 50% is unhappy. But may I remind us all, last I checked, God is still seated on his throne. He is still high and lifted up. He is still concerned and, and moving in the affairs of men. You know, a lot of folks, again, re- really upset. Other people are really excited about the, the, the results. But I just want to give you a few points before we get started today. In the last century alone, the kingdom of God has survived over 80 major civil wars around the globe. Over two, well, at least two world wars and over 40 famines. That century, we faced communism, fascism, racism, sexism, atheism, materialism, hedonism, on and on with the isms. But but we faced it all. And somehow in 2016, some people were ready to jump off of buildings due to the prospect of just one president's four-year term. Church. We are better than that. We're better than that. We've had over 250 years of slavery. 100 years of Jim Crow. And somehow we don't think we have the resiliency to survive the next four years. Grace. Church, what are we made out of? We have lost the stuff that generations before had. Romans 8 and 28, I want to begin this morning with some instruction. Paul says this by the Holy Spirit. And we know. Here's the thing. To make it through tough times like the ones we're in, you need to know something. Not just wish something, maybe hope something. But you need to know something. He begins by saying, and we what? No. No. Daniel, in 1132, he says this. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. How many of y'all know a God in this room? Yeah. The ESV says it this way. The people who know God shall stand firm. Be secure in spite of insecurity. Be stable in spite of instability. And they shall take what? Action. Just keep doing the right thing. And over time, the truth will prevail. Benjamin Franklin said it this way, well done is better than well said. 
So in this season, it's not enough just to talk the talk. We're going to have to walk the walk. And many of us are going to have to turn off our television sets. Because here we are, we serve a risen, we serve a living God. And after just 15 minutes on CNN, 15 minutes on ABC, NBC, MSNBC, or Fox News, we walk around crazy, we're mad, we're suspicious of one another. But what we got to learn to do is sometimes turn off that TV and open up this book. We are in the world, but not of the world. And what everyone else is doing, we ought not be. We ought to be of a different spirit. We ought to have a different attitude about the affairs of earth. Romans 8 and 28, it says, and we know. Isaiah reaches across the centuries and he has this to say to us, 40 and 28. He says, have you not known? Church, have you not heard? Hasn't your pastor told you that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, neither faints nor is he weary? His understanding is unsearchable, unsearchable, infinite, inscrutable, inexhaustible. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases what? Strength. That's you and me. He said, even the youth shall faint. How many of you are watching that on TV? And be weary. And the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord, give the Lord time, and he will vindicate his wisdom. Just hold your peace. You see, see you, you never read that scripture right. The scripture says, hold your peace and the Lord will fight your battles. Meaning in order for God to fight, you got to hold on to something. So you got to keep your mind right. You got you to stay at peace. Jesus said this way, he said, peace I live, my peace I give to you. I don't give like the world gives. The world gives peace based on elections, based on economies, based on a whole lot of stuff. But God gives peace based on truth based on the death and resurrection, that central thing in, in, in human history, the advent of Jesus Christ. Our hope is anchored in, you see, I would rather have a weak rope hooked up to a strong anchor than have a weak anchor hooked up to a strong rope. And in this time, we need to hook up to an anchor bigger than whatever party might win an election. In fact, I, I think that this election, both cycles, have been good for us because I'm going to start talking about stuff sooner than I plan to, but stay with me. In the last two election cycles, the evangelical church upset, depressed, worried, anxious. But who was the trust in? But now the shoe's on the other foot. 
I'm early with these points. A lot of folks in church today across this nation. Some churches are gloating. Others are venting. We have a black church, an evangelical church. But from God's perspective, there's one baptism, one Lord, one God, one church. And I refuse to be a part of any of that. And I know I may disappoint some, but I ain't angry at nobody. I serve a living, loving God, and he's faithful, and he will keep me. No matter who's in office, he will keep me, and he'll keep you. How is it the church is just as divided as the world? In fact, the world does a better job. Because on the, on the job, they're a little more diverse. But Sunday still remains the most segregated day of the week. Ought not be so. It's a disgrace to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to do better. We ought to do better. But those who wait, a lot of church folk, but I'm not talking about church folk. I'm talking about God's people. But those who wait on, those who bicker, those who complain, those who pout, point the finger, no. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. Opposing winds only make a kite fly higher. They shall run and not grow weary. See, I'm too busy running with God to worry about what men are doing. And you ought to be the same. And we shall walk and not faint. When you're facing the right direction, all you have to do is walk on. Just keep on walking. Just keep on moving. Kings will be voted in and and voted out. But the church will remain. And in these difficult times, I mean, many uh, were surprised and shocked. How could this happen? Jesus told us it's going to get darker. Why are we surprised by the darkness? Why are we so surprised by the extremes? But the Bible says that, that God's raising up people that be a repairer of breaches, the builder of broken down walls. In the hour like this, the church ought to rise up and be the bridge between both the the, the, the righteous and the unrighteous. You hear what I'm saying? But here's the deal. We're too busy taking sides. And if salt loses saltiness, it's good for, for nothing. You know, you're not always going to get what you want. Things are not always going to go as you plan. But even in the midst of it, God has a purpose, and he has a plan. And you got to learn to trust him in spite of. Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know that for those who love God, anybody love him in the room? 
So then what we're about to read is just for you. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Now, Scripture is not naive. Scripture does not call all things good. But what Scripture is saying, even when bad happens, I can work it for good. Out of good, bad, I can work everything from, I'm smarter than your mistakes. I'm smarter than your miscalculations. I am wiser on my worst day than you are smart on your best day. And I can take everything in this stew of free will and make it work for your good. God is a way of taking our, our deepest pains and making them a launching pad for our greatest progress. He said all things, not some things, not if a certain candidate, no, no, all things work together for good for those who according, are called according to his what? Purpose. Purpose. How many of you know that God's not evil, there's no darkness in him? So when Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and he went into Egypt, and he served Potiphar as a slave, God did not make those boys do what they did. But once he got to Egypt, God still had a purpose. And he worked that purpose, and then in that, from slave to the palace. In that terrible situation, then not, not only was he a slave, he went to prison. And then after prison, God, God, God's purposes will prevail. I don't care what nobody does. His ultimate purpose will prevail. Can nobody ultimately keep you down? Because God is still God. And Listen, when Joseph was a little boy, he said, listen, the moon and the sun are going to bow down to you, Joseph. And even though his brothers tried to kill him, God made it happen. So we got to believe. Does anyone in this room have faith? We have to believe that God's purpose is a sound and that his truth is marching on. Let's get to verse 31. I, I plan to be short today. Paul has been talking about the weakness and our suffering in the face of God's providence and our calling. He did this for paragraphs. But then he ends this discussion with six questions that we must answer. In verse 31 is the first said, what then shall we say to these things? So if God can really work all things together for good, what then should we say? What should our response be? Our response should be different because we're part of a different kingdom. We we belong to someone from beyond this globe. He he looks on the affairs of men and and, and God just blows. I mean, if God could just move his pinky (laughs) and our our government would be just, matter of fact, God just look at us hard. This country will never be the same. We serve an almighty God. 
Question number two. If God is for us, who? That's this side of him. If God is for us, who? Way in the back there. If God is for us, who? I don't care what the Democrats do. I don't care what the Republicans do. If God be for me, who can be against me? God's got me, and he's got you. And that got to be the way we look at things. The world is crazy. And it's going to stay crazy. It's going to get darker and darker and darker. That's why he called us to be the lights. If God is for us, who? Sound like an owl, but owls are wise. Who can be against us? He who has all power in himself. All the events of time and eternity are under his direction. This didn't take him by surprise. Matter of fact, be careful, he might be in it. And you don't want to get on the wrong side of God. That's important. What hurts us in this world, whether demons or men, they can't prevail. If God has your back, that's all that matters. And that's the way we have to live if we're going to be salt and light on planet Earth. And he goes on with yet another question. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. Did you notice his own son? Meaning God took our redemption personally. He sent his own. He didn't send an angel. He sent his own to get his own. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also, also freely give us what? All things. So if God has already given us his best. Is he now suddenly going to back off giving us the rest? That's not God's way. If he's already given us his own son, has he not already given us a future and a hope? So why are we so sad? Why are we so mad? And then others, why are you gloating like we're not your brothers and sisters? But before you get happy about that statement, why were you gloating? Just a few cycles before. There go I say for the grace of God. And by the way, in case you're wondering, I didn't have a dog in the race. My prayer was, Lord, let thy will be done. That was it. If I could be frank, there were two bad choices. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. Oops. Okay. (laughs) The fourth question. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? You see, unlike our elections, God's election is very, very different. See, in these elections, we resurrect everybody's past and we throw it in their face. But when God elects you, neither Satan nor man can resurrect the believer's past. 
All that matters is that the blood of Jesus cast that deciding vote for you and for me. So who's going to bring a charge? It is God who justifies. People may not think you're worth it, but as long as God does, what else matters? Who is he who condemns? You see all these who's. God's like, who are these issues? To, who's the devil? Who's man considering who I am? Who is he who, Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and also makes intercession for us? And what he's saying is, after God sent his son to die for us and forgive us, and then he ascended to, to the throne of God, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he stands as our defense attorney, is he suddenly now going to abandon us? By the way, even in our fallen world, a defense attorney cannot be a prosecutor at the same time. God is not the one accusing you. If Jesus is standing in heaven as your defense attorney, God, look at the holes in my hand. Don't kill him, God. I'm, look, look, don't, don't send him your spirit in spite of them. Look at these holes. He's standing as our defense attorney. How is he going to be both our accuser? God's not the one. That voice in your head is the devil. It's not God. He is on your side, pulling for you, trying to pull you out of the mess that you are in. Question number six, and we're, we're, we're through. Here's the final question. He said, who shall separate us from the love, the agape, the covenant commitment of our Messiah, Jesus Christ? What sin, what weakness, what circumstance? Again, what personal miscalculation? What political party can separate you and I from the love of God? And if nothing and no thing can do it, there should be a confidence and, and a surety and, and a knowing that just blows the minds of people where you're calm when everyone is upset because you know something. He goes on. He says, shall tribulation or distress? I mean, what hole can you fall in? that God's arm is too short to save. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, you know why Satan brings persecution? To try to convince you that God doesn't love you. But, but, but here's something I know. Just because people are mad at you don't mean God is. Just because some people don't, don't mean God. Or even famine. How many of us have been through a famine lately? How many have been screaming like the sky has fallen? What's happened to us? The tougher times get, the more people are going to reach out for God. So in some ways, God might be rejoicing because he knows people are going to be, you know what? I don't have the answer, Lord. I can't figure this thing out. This thing makes no sense. And he knows people are going to cry out to him. They said, or nakedness. He's not just talking about the way some of us dress, though it might be appropriate. <laughs> he was talking about believers in the first century sitting in cold prison cells with no blanket and 
no heat and, and, and rats crawling on, on the rest and, and, and other Christians not able to, to buy a, a winter coat because, you know, there were signs outside, you know, Christians need not apply within. But, but we need to count our blessings. We're not there yet. And, and I think if, if the righteous will stand up for righteousness, we, we will never get there. But, but we have to be ministers of reconciliation. We need to, we got to speak the truth. But in love. Again, there's this thing with the white church, the black church. I don't get it. That person, the white, that's my brother. That person, that's my brother. And as long as we stay us and them, we're as much as the problem as the devil is. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.